and we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking donuts. Debunking. <laughs> Is that the first time we've done debunking donuts? No. I was going to say, I feel like that's been popped up before, and if not, that, that feels like a ball dropped on you. Well, I just like it, okay? You like you like the puns. That seems like one that, that you would have said before. I have. I have said it before. I just like it. I just think it's a fun that's one. That's fair. We'll get you a t-shirt that says Debunk and Donuts. People will be so confused. Isn't it delightful? It's my favorite is to confuse people. I, I remember you see, or you actually recently posted a picture of a, of a Bigfoot shirt. <laughs> Oh, I did. That was a great. Let's see if I can. This is an epic Bigfoot shirt, friends. If you're not friends with me on Facebook, which is yeah, probably half of you. Uh, <laughs> as I, I know a lot of you. Um, yeah, I found this. Uh, somebody referenced this shirt and I was like, that can't be a real shirt. It can is. It? It's a real shirt. It <laughs> is a real shirt. And the shirt says, okay. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta pull this up so I can see it because the picture is a little bit fuzzy. Uh, <clears throat> in this house, we believe Bigfoot is real. He will. Be <laughs> Sorry, he will be my lover. I will be the little spoon. Bigfoot and I shall fuck, and you can't stop us. I've never ever read anything or seen anything that Kim Douthat should own more. Truly. Oh, I almost sent this to you, but I was like, ah, Gabby won't wear a shirt that says fuck on it. I, I mean, it depends on where I'm going, but also probably not. But that would be a yeah. really fun gym shirt. I'm not going to lie. Right? Very fun gym Especially, shirt. Especially like my gym. It's The people at my gym are lovely. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make it sound like they're not. But uh, it's, the looks. it's a lot of. You'd get some looks. There's. <laughs> Well, there's some, there's the, the culture there is, I don't know how to, what's the nice way to say gym bro? Cause I'm not meaning that as an insult. <laughs> I'm just meaning like, you know, there, there's some bros and they're at the gym and, um, I am shockingly not a gym bro. Really? <laughs> I know this might surprise many of you. So I, and you know, I'm wearing my, my, uh, Holmes Gunnis life insurance t-shirts <laughs> and my Texas Chainsaw Massacre t-shirts and my Crypticon t-shirts and Bone Bat. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping life interesting for them. And they're all perfectly, perfectly nice human beings at the gym. But I think sometimes they're not entirely sure what to do with my shirts. Or you. I feel like this would really solidify and just like be the nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? Like this would be <laughs> chef's know. kiss opportunity. It's, uh, it's, the, it's a choice. This might be, <laughs> yeah, that might be pushing it just a little bit much. But uh, honestly, and again, I hate to be like, it's not that I wouldn't wear a shirt that said fuck on it, but <sighs> it's the educator in me, right? Like, I, it's, I'm just a little reluctant to do it super publicly. That's fair. So if, as much as I enjoy that line, that is sort of the line that keeps me from wanting to just like, wear it well maybe we'll just have to like edit it and re-screen screen print it and make you a new I'm one i'm sure there's a i'm sure there's an edited version of that somewhere uh but anywho i just thought but that anywho. would be a good topic of conversation for our listeners knowing how you found this gem of a shirt um it's very funny <laughs> but uh we're doing something different today friends uh we asked you guys 
for questions that you have for us. Uh, it's been 84 years, no, four years that we've been doing this podcast, which is wild. Damn. And so we often get questions from people, just one-offs here or there. We'll meet people and they'll ask us stuff. And I feel like it's like usually a great dialogue. And so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we were discussing it would be fun to start off the new year uh, with questions that our listeners have for us. And so thank you to those of you who met our deadline and sent us questions. <laughs> we'll still be taking them as <laughs> we're doing this live. Um, so Kim is ready to go with mm -hmm. um, if anyone texts her that she texted. I've had a few rolling in. Uh, so... <laughs> We'll keep you on your toes uh, with, with these questions, but uh, we want to thank you guys for sending them for those of you that did. And we're just going to have a fun day of question answering and dialogue and discussion. Yay! Go team. Go spooky team. Um, Go spooky team. So it looks like Sandy's first question was, uh -huh. or Sandy's only question, Sandy just had one question, was, are there any cases or hauntings that you would not cover? Oh, that's a good one. I think for me, I tend to look at some of the really more notorious, more well-known ones. Ted Bundy is, for me, kind of a good example where there's already such an oversaturation of content. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like I have anything to add to the discussion. For sure. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like it's it's one thing to to cover something that's a little bit more notorious when there's new things being discovered still or or uh something relevant to talk about, but yeah, Ted Bundy specifically, and that's one that I get asked sometimes if I ever will cover. Because I talk about him on on tours. I I've given presentations about him for for Spooked before. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what I'd have to add there. So I think that's what keeps me from wanting to do him as a topic. That makes sense. I would agree. I think sometimes. We actually have conversations about topics. Fun fact <laughs> for those of you who don't know this. Um, we'll kind of ideate together to try to make sure, you know, that we don't cover too many haunted topics back to back or too many true crime back to back. Like we like to spice it up and mix it up a bit, you know, nice little plethora of options. And when we do that, it's, it's interesting because Kim and I have very different perspectives on like what we like to cover, um, which I think is what makes it fun. But I sometimes want to cover something that has been covered because I find it interesting and our rule our rule is that we are only covering things that we are really stoked on. Because if we try to cover a topic that we're not stoked on, it's not going to be good. <laughs> like, we're just... You've, you've probably heard it once or twice. You've been like, they seem kind of huh, on this episode. And it's probably because we're covering something we weren't super into. And so we've made that a rule. That's a learning mm -hmm. that we've had in the time we've been doing this. So some cases we won't cover are ones we don't care about. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. Or also just don't make us excited. And I think sometimes we butt heads on that because we have different opinions and that's normal. Um, so like I feel like that's a good example of something we might not cover. I also know that we've talked just between the two of us about more modern true crime cases. Oh, that's a good point because I tend to shy away mm -hmm. 
In fact, I think the the Kenny Veach, which we just recorded and just released, actually, I think on Tuesday, yeah. that's among the more contemporary I've ever covered, and specifically because it was a disappearance and not a murder. Mm-hmm. I personally have real strong feelings about covering more contemporary murder cases. Yes. Yeah. Why? Um, well, now, and again, I feel differently if something is unsolved, because if something is unsolved, we are bringing attention to it sure. and could maybe help find something new. But uh, with a, a solved case, um, man, it's that really, really icky thing of like, there's an attachment with older cases, right? Yeah. There's, there's Emotionally. a, it's emotionally we're we're far away from it if something happened 70 years ago the likelihood of a a family member of someone still being alive or at least one who had a really strong connection or close connection to the case is is um very unlikely and i mean i think even with true crime i did the the point defiance ones which was also a haunting mm-hmm. so it was a combo true crime haunting and Part of that was there had been some really recent new developments because they had been unsolved. Um, but yeah, I feel really strongly about trying to be respectful of the family members mm-hmm. of the victims and not trying to glamorize someone uh, who committed a horrific crime. And um, if something's solved, it's like, well, what more is there to say about this if it happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? People are still talking about right. it. We don't necessarily need to be part of that unless there's like Uh, new developments like if there's a new development then sometimes that's fun to add but also like I don't know part of me feels too that like if you're going to cover something like that you have to know like what is available to you as far as information and I think sometimes like we'll think we want to cover something and then start to do the research and either not find enough on what we wanted to cover or find Mm -hmm. too much that glamorizes the killer and doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't give enough um, information on the victims or the families of the victims and then it kind of gives us that icky taste in our mouths you know like and so I think that's also part of it too so there's lots of factors as to why we wouldn't cover something but I think um for hauntings or like cryptids or the, the other ones that we do hauntings unless there's any actual like real evidence evidence uh evidence. then it's just like circumstantial he said she said stuff and that's not that fun mm-hmm. for us like mm-hmm. for some people it is like I and I respect that but like that's maybe not our forte of what we focus on um but specific cases that we wouldn't cover I guess Ted Bundy's a good one um I don't ever want to cover Dahmer just because Dahmer oh is it's been done so often and I have such a bad taste in my mouth from the doc the Netflix oh my gosh I didn't mean to make that a pun I'm so sorry that was so no I know you didn't and I I apologize for laughing it was that was not that was an unintentional pun we are not trying to make light of anything he did he did some he did horrible things well and and man that case just makes me sad yeah that case makes me Icky. I feel icky. So any cases that make us feel icky, we won't cover. But like, unless it's a good type of icky, I don't know. What? Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's a good like, type no. of icky? <laughs> well, no, I mean like, I guess a good type of icky is maybe the rap- wrong way to say it. Like, well, Pedro Lopez comes to mm. mind as one that like I was. You were messed up from that. I was wildly messed up from that, but I am glad we talked about it because people do not talk about that case enough mm-hmm. because. He is not an American serial killer or a European serial killer. 
and um, his victims were poor children and indigenous children. And um, yeah, uh, so it, it was it was I'm, I'm not I'm not upset we covered it, but like I was not prepared for what that was going to do to me emotionally. <laughs> I, we've been there. And I think there's another question that was similar. Ira. Ira McIntosh. Uh, our friend Ira. I love Ira. I just guessed it on Ira's uh, something that they were doing. So Nice. Yeah. Hi, Ira. <laughs> Do you want to ask Ira's question? Oh, sure. Is there a topic y'all have wanted to cover, but for some reason or another, it is too vast or too short or too depressing or just too much for the podcast, but a topic you want your listeners to know about? I feel like this is a good question coming off of mm, what you were just saying. Good segue. Yeah. yeah. Um. I've always wanted to cover the Salem witch trials, but yeah, it's, you have. it's something that is so huge that it would. <laughs> That's a whole podcast. It re- literally like, is like there have been yeah. whole podcasts on it and I wanted to cover it for the sake of like clarifying history and like what mm-hmm. actually happened to these poor people um, and not just the Salem witch trials, but like. There's oh. so many witch trials like that's. And so I feel like that's just so much and I get overwhelmed mm-hmm. by it <laughs> so I'm like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I have the energy or the time yeah. <laughs> to yeah. do that um no. that's one that resonates for me what about you Kim uh I think I mean I have a couple that I've I want to cover but I know it's going to take a while to properly put together mm-hmm. um like the Donner Party is one that comes to mind <laughs> we wanted to um, do it for Thanksgiving that was so distasteful <laughs> I think you wanted to do it for <laughs> That's a that's a Gabby sense of humor, not a Kim that's, sense that's of humor. Fair. That's fair. Um, but it's 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 not some some of these cases. It's not just the sheer amount of information that you have to kind of wade through. Which in a case like the witch trials or the Donner the 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 Donner party, um, you had so many people involved. Mm-hmm. You're there's just such a vast amount of people to look at. But anytime we do something that's deeper back into history anything that happened 150 years ago 200 300 400 years ago you have to have a certain amount of historical context that goes along with the episode which is a whole other like strain of research that you have to do so it's not just looking into a case or an event it's in order to understand why how whatever this could happen you have to also understand what life was like, where they were, and what that meant, and 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 just context. Context is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, too depressing. I mean, I have a couple cases I've been holding on to that I know are going to be depressing or difficult to do. Um, n- none that have kept me from starting the research, but ones that I'm trying to be thoughtful about when timing uh, and that we well because and and people may have noticed that like we'll do a really really heavy topic and then we might do a cryptid you know the Mon- <laughs> yeah the mongolian death worm yeah. something that's kind of goofy yeah as a palate cleanser um man we have lots of like mouth and food analogies it's <laughs> <laughs> watching handle recently oh jeez. um i have i do have one case that uh Gregory Burford and Trinity Mine. And this is one that, again, it's one of those ones where the level I'm having to go to try to get backstory on, Mm -hmm. because 
it was a story that my grandmother used to tell from when she was a kid. Really? And I, don't, I almost don't want to give the details away because I do plan to cover it at some point. Mm-hmm. But basically the details she knew and that used to get told to like my uncle recalls this story. My brother recalls it, which is how I kind of started down this rabbit hole, are not what actually happened. They were kind of shaped by something else happened around the same time. And so that impacted how we viewed, you know, I think it's uh, people took some details from The Shining and applied it to this to this case. Um that sounds fun. But there's, <laughs> it's fun. But there's been so little information I found in papers. I'm trying to get the original um, court transcripts, mm. and it's been really, really hard. And I also may have found out that the dude is still alive. Oh, dang. And I can't really reveal more than that because I'm in the midst of. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's like not revealing your sources, kind of thing. You know, this is like a, a very nuanced question because it's like, what are you going to cover in the future? But we don't want to tell you too much because then you're not going to be excited for it when we actually cover it. So there's your that's a little like toe dip, a little toe dip it's into your it. Amuse bouche. Uh, well, and, and I can ask you this: Do you like? I have pieces two episodes all over the place like i'll start I'll, I'll watch a documentary and take notes i'll i'll be reading a book and and jotting down things or um i start a lot of stuff especially some of the the vaster cases mm-hmm. I, I have one that's going to be upcoming that i'm not going to reveal but you and i have spoken about mm-hmm. it because i got that huge book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be a two-parter it's going to be this really big one so i've been just kind of like on some downtime i'll i'll uh, jot down a few pages of notes just to because it's going to be so massive. Do you do that, or your is your technique a little different? <laughs> my technique is I don't know what I'm covering. Kim, where's your list? Uh, but also, <laughs> where's my where's my book? Where's your you book? Mean? Yeah. No, I mean I've I do sometimes actually get kind of funny. Funny enough, um, when I'm like tired late at night in bed mm-hmm. and I'm just sc- scrolling as our brains mm-hmm. shouldn't, but we know we do because it's satisfying and serotonin. Um, <laughs> and I tend to follow some like spooky people that travel and go to places mm-hmm. and I'll see like visuals of these really insane homes or like buildings and like learn about something I've never heard of and I'll save it. Like I'll, I'll like bookmark it to be like, I want to come back to that and research it. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look into it that way. But the usual way that I find an actual topic is I have to research a little bit first before I decide on it. And I think that we've, we've come to terms with the fact that sometimes there's a topic that we really want to cover, but there's mm-hmm. not enough information to make it one topic or there's mm-hmm. so much that there's no way we could fit it into two. Or even when yeah. we start a topic like this happened for me not that long ago um, where there was a topic that we were covering where I was like, oh, man, I'm going to need to make this a two-parter. I think it was the Los Feliz murder murder mansion. Oh, I think where you're I right. thought yeah. it was going to mm-hmm. be a one episode deal, but then got so much more information than I anticipated that it needed to be true. And it was pretty last minute that it was. Yeah. So I feel like there are topics that we don't even realize are too vast or too short unless we start to research it at first. And I think like any time I'm covering a serial killer, unless it's a real obscure one, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I know this is going to be a two parter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we can plan that. We can plan accordingly that we know that there's going to be two parts worth to an episode. But we do try to plan out. We've kind of segued, I feel like, into a whole other question. That's okay. That's okay. This is how the sausage gets made, y'all. We do try to plan out X amount in advance, both so um, we know what's coming. We know 
I mean, you don't always know what I'm doing. You know the genre of what I'm doing. Yeah, we usually like, we'll plan do... genres of like what type of mm-hmm. topic is coming up. Be- just because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes the episodes are more exciting when we're like yeah. telling each other something for the first time, which happens more often when you're doing a topic than when I'm doing yeah. a topic. But but also what I, I, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I think with my research style, having pieces of, of episodes everywhere is that. I'm not just doing ghoulish when I'm looking at cases. Sure. Because I also do stuff at Spooked. I, I do talks and occasional classes sure. and panels. And so for me, anytime I'm watching a true crime documentary anymore, if there's even an iota of a chance I might one day talk about this, I take notes. Yeah. If Unless I'm 100% sure it's never going to happen I will like relax and enjoy it. I can't watch 2020 anymore without a notebook. It's funny because um, one of the topics I've been really wanting to cover because of stuff like this is mm-hmm. psych- psycho- psychology stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like I'm starting to I'm starting my master's in forensic mm-hmm. psychology. It will be have started by the time this episode comes out, which is really exciting. That's right. Like just started. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot I'm learning about. Uh, criminal justice and psychology and um, Mm -hmm. also just psychology in general and abnormal psychology and like why people do things the way they do. I am so curious Mm -hmm. to learn more about the paranormal side though and how like the paranormal is impacted by the psychological mind or vice versa. I just got a book and I need to lend it to you. Uh, I mean, I haven't read it yet. I literally just got it, but it's like, why do people believe that? And it's all about how, people can believe some of this wild stuff and it, and it's everything from paranormal and urban legends and, and that side of things to also just like <laughs> cults and and it gets into some political stuff yeah. about how people can get pulled into these things mm-hmm. or why our brains do what they do it's so fascinating I'm really excited it, it's so yeah. interesting i would love that book you tell me that later <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's i love that um, bookmark <laughs> that pun intended hey Uh, All right. right, Next question. This is good. Thanks, guys. These are Mm -hmm. great. Okay. These are great questions. Um, Annie said, have any of the places or cases you've covered surprised you? Like, have you gone in with one set of expectations and had it take a turn from what you thought the case would be? Ooh. That's a really good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Franklin Castle. It's a more recent one. Okay. Um, and Lavinia for Fisher. Both were uh, paranormal, both hauntings. Well, Lavinia, Lavinia Fisher had a true crime element to it. And I went into each of them, especially Franklin Castle, um, having heard a lot of the stories about the, the owner and, and all these horrible things he did, and that's why it's so haunted. And then, man, that got scullied to shit. <laughs> Um, and with Lavinia Fisher, it was is similar. Uh, the legend of her her death, her um, wearing her wedding dress and and flinging and cursing everyone and flinging herself off, and how she was supposedly one of America's first serial killer, first female serial killers, and all this stuff, and uh, finding out that that was complete BS. In each case, our friends, <laughs> the man himself. <laughs> 
Zach Bagans. Y'all know who I'm... Yeah, Zach Bagans. Uh, he had covered the case and done horrible injustice to to the people involved, perpetuating falsehoods and lies and, and historical inaccuracies. Uh, so I will say going into both of those, I, I'd heard the the generic ghost stories and the generic history behind it and had no reason to not believe it. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually started doing the digging, going, well, crap, this is... <laughs> I feel like that's what we do. <laughs> it's, it, it is kind of our brand at yeah. this point. Um, but but those ones, uh, I was not, I was not ready, and and I will say to a small degree, Pedro Lopez, I was not ready mm-hmm. for how that would hit. Um, I knew he was a serial killer. I knew he was a horrible, horrible person. Mm-hmm. I was not ready to see some of the interviews with him with how glib he was with how I was not ready to not be able to name the children because lists of their names don't exist because he killed so many mm-hmm. so that that's not to be a downer but like that 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 was something that, that hit me in a way I was not expecting how about you um I'm just gonna say now there's also another mm-hmm. question in here that I just found oh. from Justine from Bar with Justine oh, of okay. what case or experience has unsettled you the most ghost or otherwise yeah. and I feel like this is similar to what we're talking yeah. about so I'm gonna just scooch mm-hmm. that up and we can talk about mm-hmm. that at the same time because it seems like a natural segue um mm-hmm. I have a couple different types, and I feel like what I'm thinking of with the first question with Annie is more about the surprise element. Um, I think it's more disappointment than surprise for me. It's more like I kind of went in with one train of thought and then came out like, oh, man, I wanted to be Mulder so hard, but now I'm Scully. <laughs> like that's for me, that's kind of how this whole entire podcast started. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then just eventually just did the scullying for you instead of you know, <laughs> having to Mulder it super hard initially. Uh, but I think one of the first ones that really made me go, oh, man, this sucks was the Winchester Mystery House. Um, because there's so oh, much legend and lore yeah, around that. And it's yeah. like freaking mm-hmm. Disneyland when you go visit it. The, the like gift shop is ridiculous. It literally is like Disneyland. Um, but it's commercial. It's so commercialized. Like, yeah. All of it. And it's, but it's to make money. And it's sad. Which, well, and I think to that point, it, it, and it, uh, it comes back to some of my issues with, with Zach Baggins is that, I am not opposed to somebody commercializing something. I'm not opposed to Winchester House being a Disneyland if if it's true. If it's straight if it's well if they're upfront about their intentions. Like I I think about shows when I was a kid that had that disclaimer of like this is for entertainment purposes only. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Zach Baggins show needs that. <laughs> because the issue I have it's not that like he wants to be a paranormal commercial douchebag fine you're making he's making a lot of money at it great for him but it's that people believe it and that's what upsets me that people take it as fact because they've seen it on tv so it must be true and there's nothing to indicate otherwise uh i am not opposed to the commercialism of it when like everybody knows what disney is (laughs) no one is going to disney thinking this is like you know they're they're genuinely concerned with the happiest place on earth they're the happiest place on money it's it's that that 
the taking of fact because it's the Winchester house. Of course, they're going to believe that it's haunted. Which it might so, be, but also the story behind sure. it is just the very way different stories. than what mm-hmm. actually happened. And I feel like yes, that also was perpetuated by your friend. And then yes. the um, Los Feliz Murder Mansion, same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Same exact thing where, like, what really disappointed me about that is how racism played a part in it mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. actually, like, created this scariness of the guy who lived there forever like that to me is messed up like I was really disappointed Mm -hmm. by that to be honest I think it's one it's one thing to be disappointed in a story that you thought was a haunting but can be debunked it's another thing to realize that a haunting was created out of racism like which has happened a lot over history that is not the first time that's ever happened but it's disappointing you know um so I feel like that kind of surprised me as far as cases that have unsettled me ooh, you already know what Mm. i'm gonna say yep yep i do um i always loved the idea of covering cults because i'm fascinated (laughs) by them yeah um but jonestown i think because cults are pretty well documented i didn't realize how well well Jonestown, I mean. Specifically Jonestown, but (laughs) also, like, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole in my free time, which we'll talk about in Creepy Critics Corner, on, like, a couple of documentaries about different cults, because it's fascinating to me from the mental perspective, kind of like we were talking about with psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you have actual documentation of audio and video of these awful things that were happening to people that is Mm -hmm. accessible for anyone to watch... It's an entirely different thing than reading about it in a book. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. because with my research I did for Jonestown, I get seasonal depression. I did it in January. Yeah. That was a very yeah. bad idea. <laughs> like, yeah, I did not. I learned a lesson on that one. But that one like messed me up pretty mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. pretty bad. And it's really yeah. messed up. And like. It made me, like, talk to my parents and be like, do you remember when this happened? Like, what do you know about this? And it was almost like people just brushed it off and didn't think anything of it. And it's like, how? How? How did you not think anything of it? That's wild. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that one really messed me up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Pedro Lopez is probably yours, huh? Uh, Pedro Lopez is is absolutely uh, mine. Um, and, And, I mean, a lot of that... I, I've said this before. I'll continue to say it. A lot of that had, uh, I think, more to do with. Um, I wasn't ready. How how I wasn't ready for how many times he should have been caught and wasn't. And that's so upsetting um, to like read about. And children, yeah, children. It, it's it's. Um, I don't know anything re- with kids. I think is going to be upsetting. But, um, yeah, that one, and again, I, I don't regret doing it, but, uh, it's so hard. That was, that's, yeah, that was the, that was the case that probably just like, but I mean, it, even having, even saying that I've still talked about him since I, I covered him in a Crypticon panel, uh, cause I think it's important for people to know about the children. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Sense. No, it, it does. And I think say. it's also just oh, good to have awareness of things. I think it's so easy for people to not 
want to hear about this kind of stuff in general because it's mm-hmm, hard to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And I feel like we've become pretty desensitized to how like messed up stuff is because of oh, how much absolutely. we cover. Um, absolutely. So when something actually messes us up, you know it's bad. You, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. like really bad. Um, but I think it mm-hmm. is telling of like what people are sheltered from. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. important to bring attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're I think you're correct. And I think the the missing women, um, the Native American women topic that I did was also kind of in that arena of the unsolved mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I that that didn't really like I mean, it messed me up. It made me upset, but I, it wasn't like one that I mean, it was still pretty bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that also happened so much more frequently than it was reported and talked about. So I thought that that was an important one to talk about, too. <laughs> um, should we yeah. do our next you one? You want to do All right. Jeffrey's? Yeah. So this is Jeffrey from Pearl Candle Company, our friend Jeffrey. Hi, Jeffrey. Uh, hi, Jeffrey. We'd love to hear if either of you have ever had a paranormal encounter. If so, what was your very first encounter? Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> yes. I just will say yes to all of you. Yeah. Short answer, yes. yes. <laughs> um, you all go first. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know what my very first encounter was, to be honest with you. Um, I think one of the first ones that like really resonated with me was when I lived in LA and I lived in an old apartment building that was from the 40s, which was old for LA at the time-ish. And really late one night, my music on my computer just turned on by itself and Mm. like slowly got louder and louder and like out of nowhere. There was nothing that could have done that. I could not debunk it. And I would hear like footsteps. Um, Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, the walls creaking because that apartment definitely did that because it was old but like sure, sure 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 it was different and um i just had like an unsettling feeling a lot um where mm-hmm. i just felt like there was something else there and i did the whole hey yo friend um i'm not here to bother you mm-hmm. let's peacefully coexist i'm not trying to kick you out hang out i'm we're good like I will not bother you please don't bother me we can coexist and then nothing ever happened (laughs) after that again um I love I I love this idea of of young Gabby being like it's cool we're we're good we're we're good um yeah but I also uh (laughs) this is not a first paranormal encounter and also is I think a very embarrassing encounter, which is not actually an encounter. And that's why it's funny. Um, was when I first moved to Seattle, <laughs> I think I told you this story. I moved into a, a, the building I'm currently in actually, I'm just in a different unit now. Um, but the old building has those manual heaters that you have mm, to like crank mm-hmm, to turn mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. they didn't tell us that they had thermostats built into them. They just told us that they were <laughs> manual. <laughs> And it was like we had lived here for two weeks. I was very new to my environment. I had just started a new job. um, And it's an old building. I was freaked out. Clearly, I had lived previously in an apartment that was haunted. So this one, I'm like, okay, this is older. So probably, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the basement of my apartment building is spooky as fuck. I'm used to it now. It's fine. But, like, when I first moved in, I was like, whoa, this is really scary. And then... (laughs) 
I remember Terrence went on tour. And so I was home alone for the first time in this apartment. And there was a different heater in every room. And like the heater would turn on in the middle of the night by itself and I would hear it click on and it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And then when I got Mm -hmm. up in the morning, every time I walked into one of the rooms, the heater would turn on and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And like, I didn't know how to debunk it. And I literally sent Mm -hmm. an email to the building manager. This is what I was like, man, I feel like a real dunce Um, to be like, hey, uh, is it normal for these heaters to just turn on by themselves? Have you had any reports of hauntings <laughs> in uh-huh. your building? Should not have led with that. Um, Probably not. And uh, there, he was <laughs> like, uh, there's thermostats, so when it hits a certain temperature, they'll automatically turn on. Meanwhile, I was still by myself, so I had already saged the shit out of the apartment. I'd gone to Pike Place and went to uh, one of the shops that has, like, all this, like, woo-woo stuff and got candles and sage and went nuts and then was just told they were thermostats. So that was a fun story. (laughs) (laughs) Not a first haunting, just a fun one. No, just a fun, just a fun one. Um, I mean, I I think I'm a little bit, so you're, like, uh, pinpointing my exact... Like I, I'm a theater kid, right? So, well, and and um, I cannot count the amount of times as a tween and teenager, we myself. It was like myself, my friend Justin, my friend Michaela, uh, other miscellaneous friends who were into the spooky stuff. Um, would sit around uh with a Ouija board and like light candles and incense. And uh, try to contact a spirit. There was a weird. Okay, this is kind of funny. This is similar though to yours, and that it ended up being complete BS. But but this still is still fun. The, the, Good the story. Stuff that, so <laughs> I was. I think we were in. I don't know, maybe junior high. So we were probably in like ninth grade. Uh, and this might have been the Halloween. We thought it was going to be a really good idea to hang out in the cemetery because it's the Pacific Northwest, and we're teenagers. And that's what teenagers do, yep. right? Yep. I would have done the Who same. Who were mildly like. goth isn't the right word a couple of my friends were goth but I was never a goth kid at all I wore a lot of kitten (laughs) t-shirts that visual is really great thank you for that so many kitten t-shirts man you don't understand what's funny is that like I see people who knew me only in junior high and high school and they see me now and they're kind of like it's a lot of oh I mean it kind of makes sense but also huh hmm anyway um (laughs) so we were we were using a Ouija board, and uh, I don't even remember whose house we were at. Probably Kayla's. I feel like we were at her house alone. We were doing this stuff. And we kept contacting the spirit named Victor, who said they'd killed a bunch of people. And we were, like, taking notes, trying to figure out, like, this is this is the birth of, of Tiny Scully, right? Because um, <laughs> this is me. I'm taking notes, and I'm like, I'm going to look this stuff up. I'm going to find out if somebody like this ever existed. I'm gonna We're going to figure out if this is true. And they were giving dates and, what? like, locations of bodies what? being buried and all this stuff. So I'm frantically trying to research this, but this was also in the year Pre, <laughs> pre-internet. And so, what I mean, it's, but it was like AOL, you've got mail internet. Yeah. Like this is this is a different kind dial of up. So it wasn't <laughs> we I I had internet, but it was it was the 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 um research was not going to be the same. And also again, talk about unreliable research mm-hmm. because there's gonna be no sources. People can just say this is fact and leave it at that. Was it asked Jeeves? 
I do remember using Ask Jeeves. This may have been like dogpiled days. Oh my God. I remember. But uh, no, so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if any of this was true. And then years later, I think it was, I think it was Kayla who said that she had been moving the Ouija board the whole time because <laughs> she thought it was funny. <laughs> but like, but that's just it, right? All it takes, and that, and at the time she, she swear, no, I would never do. Yeah, I was doing that's that. That's so funny. But, but that's where, when people flip out about Ouija boards, I'm like, it's beyond the fact that your subconscious can be doing that. There's always that one friend who's going to swear up and down it's not them. It's them. <laughs> we all know who it is, too. We know who that friend is, even when they say it's not me. Even if they get mad because you're accusing them of doing it. No, it's them. <laughs> it's absolutely them. Uh, the birth so, of so Scully. Like, yeah, that was the birth of Scully. That was the birth of, of a lot of things. But that wasn't a true paranormal encounter. Um but I had some stuff in when I was in college uh, in one of the theaters, the Spiegel Theater. I think I've talked about it before. Some of the weird stuff that happened in that theater, the ball rolling down the steps, very much like in in the Changeling. I think I've talked about that on an episode somewhere, uh, or someone. I don't know. I talked about that on someone's podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, then when I was in grad school, I had that weird encounter in the museum with the the spirit. Uh, Can you tell that story? See, I can't always remember what I've told, so Just I don't tell it, like because I don't remember. Okay, it. Uh, so this was I was in grad school, so I was older at this point, and I'd had other encounters, but this was kind of the one that took me from like I like ghosts, they're cool, to I want to know more about how like you look into ghosts, how you are a, basically a paranormal investigator. This is the birth of Kim, the paranormal investigator. So I, I went to grad school in the UK, and um, my class took a trip to Stratford on Avon. We were going to be seeing. Um, the Royal Shakespeare Company perform and we were taking tour because I studied Shakespeare and classical acting in, in, in grad school. And um, we had uh, a good amount of free time. We just come off of doing a whole lot of stuff. So I think they wanted to give us kind of a little bit of a fun mm-hmm. break. And there was this museum in Stratford that was like, I don't even know the museum of like old, weird, dark shit. That was not nice. their exact title, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and nobody else in my class would go with me. So I was like, whatever. I don't need people to go with me to go into this cool, weird, old, creepy museum. And uh, I was the only one in this place. Only one. It was the middle of the week, and it was, you know, 1 p.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the woman that owns it, she's working the lobby. So I go in. It was, I think, three floors. I get to the top floor, and they have all of these haunted toys. Love it. And mostly haunted dolls, but just haunted toys in general. I was like, well, this is cool. Uh, And they had a medium's closet. And for those of you who are not familiar with medium's closets, medium's closets are basically just like dark closets. (laughs) It's a closet that that a medium will go into to try to connect with the spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a sign on it that said, enter if you dare. Oh, did you go in? Oh, I was like, I dare. So I reached my hand out. To, to turn the knob. And I'm not kidding. I felt a hand slap my hand down. I've never felt something like that in my entire life at that point. I don't think you've told me this story. Have I not? No. Oh, yeah. So it was, again, it, it, it took me aback because, like, I've had weird stuff happen before, but I've never, I'd never felt something actually touch me. So I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to go in there. And... <laughs> I moved into the last room, and as soon as I got in there, I felt like 
like there was something breathing air down my neck. Something that wished me harm. Oh, that's not good. So I don't I couldn't even tell you it was in that last room because I was just like, you know, I think I'm good. And I, I went back downstairs. <laughs> and in this point, like no one else is still in the museum. It's just me. Mm-hmm. I get back downstairs. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a book about like weird crap in, in Stratford. And I'm chatting with the owner. And I say, okay, so I was on that last floor. And she's like, oh, do you feel something? And I was like, I did. And she's, she's nodding her head. I haven't even told her what yet. And she's just like, yeah, we've got two ghosts up there that I know of. But this place used to be an inn. Oh. And one of the ghosts, uh, or one of the, there was a murder there. And she thinks the two ghosts are the victim and the murderer. Oh, damn. And she said people often report a really malevolent force in that final room that makes them really uncomfortable. They tend to not linger in that room. Uh, But that there's another spirit up there that seems to be, like, good. And I think that was the spirit that slapped my hand away from the medium's Because they didn't want you to. No, no, girl. Don't go in there. It's a bad idea. Um, And... uh, and for those of you at home who are like, Kim, have you started to scully this? Uh, I do have as many of the details as I remember at the time written down because I have that on my list to try to do a deeper dive. Ooh. But the inn was built in like the 1600s. Dang. So again, Not a lot of references. tracing some of this is hard. challenging. Yeah. It's real hard. Um, but that was, that was a really formative experience. That's wild. Me. It's mm-hmm. funny now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like my most memorable, like potentially haunted experiences have to do with music. Like mm-hmm. how that music turned on in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And then um so I was really close with my grandpa, my papa. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. lived in the same house as me and my parents when I was younger, when he had dementia, and up until the point that he had to be in a home. And my mom still sees him around the house and she acts like she doesn't, but then will randomly tell me that she hears him breathing on the phone when we're on the phone and like sees him in his underwear in the backyard and on the couch and her her peripherals. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him the way she does. I feel his energy often. And right after, not long after he died, I was driving past the cemetery where he and my bubby were buried Mm -hmm. and my music so this is back in the day of ipods (laughs) um so it wasn't my phone it was an ipod plugged into my car and it didn't just like automatically change unless it was on shuffle and like it wasn't doing anything like it just was only supposed to play with the song that was coming next right it it didn't do Mm -hmm. like what a lot of like what spotify does now it didn't do that and so it basically started it, it changed my song in the middle of a song and I was pissed mm-hmm. that it changed it. I remember this because I was like, I was listening to that. I like that song. Why did it change it? That's weird. And I like noticed that it was weird. I was like, this is what what's happening? And it changed it to an iron and wine song, mm. which always reminded me of my papa because it's a pretty literal interpretation. <laughs> the the lyrics in it is Papa died smiling, white as a ring of a bell. And um, it's a really, like, pretty slow song. And it always reminded me of my papa, like, especially right after Mm -hmm. he died. And that song is the song that came on as I was driving past the cemetery. 
Mm. And like, I couldn't explain it. And like why that sure. song, it wasn't next on a playlist. I was playing a full album of a different artist. How? Like, right. I don't know. Weird shit, man. Weird shit. Weird shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our next question. Is it me or you? I can't remember. <laughs> I can ask. Okay. Okay. Gal Friday Beauty. I feel like I'm like mm. on AOL.com right now and saying someone's <laughs> someone's screen name. Uh, but on, on mm-hmm, IG mm-hmm. said they have identified the Lady of the Dunes, but it was always kind mm-hmm. of an urban legend that she was the background actress in Jaws with the kerchief. Have we ever figured mm-hmm. out if she was actually that background actress? I'm going to let you take that one, Kim. <laughs> um, short answer, no, they have not found out. Uh, Kim's answer, no, it's not her. Uh, but we... <laughs> sorry, that was... <laughs> no, I, we, we, we don't know. We can't say with 100% authority because they did not have... There's no records on all of the extras. So can I say with certainty it was not her? No. Can I say with some degree of surety that it's not her? Yes. Um, I would be shocked if it was her personally. Uh, It was a couple months before she died. From what I can tell from tracking her movements, the dates don't really match up. Like, I think she was elsewhere in the country at that point. But I, again... um, it's still part of the urban legend, but now that we've identified her, I can I feel like the likelihood of it being her is is a lot more like it's a it's a girl who who looks mildly like her who was wearing something similar to what she was wearing when she died. Is it more fun to think it was her? Absolutely. Sorry if I'm killing her joy, but do I think this was a this is a serious? But to be fair, I never thought this was a serious theory. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just laughing because sorry. of the sorry to kill your joy. It's just it's like the preface of everything we ever say. Um, it's I mean, this is, that's like I should get that on a business card for everything I do, like teaching children theater. Sorry, I'm killing your joy. Uh, you should just have it printed like, on tiny little cards. And instead of saying it, just hand it to people. Cards. Yes, I'm about to kill your joy. I'm so sorry. Oh, I have something for you. Oh, Here okay. you go. Is it about killing it's a joy? card that says I'm about <laughs> yes. to kill your joy. I'm about to kill Um, your joy. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Oh, Bob's got all kinds of questions. I love it. Thank you, Bob. Bob's first question. Uh, I'm I'm abridging this a little to. Yeah. Uh, The show talks about scullying Mm. a lot, which is something I really appreciate. As I've gone deeper into the paranormal, I found myself more skeptical and pointing out. Here's a rational explanation. This gets a lot of pushback on paranormal pages, on Facebook and Reddit. For me, these easier, harder to disprove ones make the I have no idea all more interesting. Have you received much pushback for the scullying, especially in the newer, more publicized cases? (laughs) This is a great question. This is a Um, fantastic question. So, okay. Here's my train of thought. And I think we're both going to have opinions Mm -hmm. on this. I think... When we first started doing this podcast, I was like, damn, this is rough. This is ruining my joy of like haunted stuff. But then I had to have my like. Uh, yeah, we had a couple offline conversations. Yeah, and about like, that. But I think it's important to have those conversations because it's like, well, actually, there's a reason for it. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for people to want to believe. Um, and it's oh, more fun to want to believe. Of course. And mm-hmm. when. 
the reality of a situation is brought in or there's actual like real research done to find actual evidence, evidence. then it can be less fun but like at least you know what really happened but i think too like I think scullying can get out of hand sometimes, not just with us, but like with people, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. it depends on who you're talking to and who your audience is. Because like, I have also like known of other podcasts that do paranormal stuff, but don't debunk anything and believe everything that they hear. And like, sure, like if you want to do that, that's your prerogative. But like, Mm -hmm. it's also that fine line of perpetuating misinformation and like, are you a reliable source? Do people think you're a reliable source? Like we talked about Zach Bagans and the stuff that he puts out there. Like that's, I'm just giving an example. Like there's different, different platforms, but I also think it just depends on as the audience listener, like what do you want to believe? We're not trying to impose Mm -hmm. our thought processes or beliefs on anyone. We're just doing our due diligence and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might not be as fun, I don't know. For us, it's kind of fun to figure it out. That's why we do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think it's fun. <laughs> um, and I think I've evolved as thinking it's fun. Uh, but I think we have gotten pushback. I think there is always going to be pushback. <laughs> and I had to, like, disengage myself from Facebook groups and chats because I just get pissed when mm-hmm. I see things. And, like, mm-hmm. I think a really good example of this is from not a Facebook post or place, but from New Orleans, well, I was thinking the well, I was thinking some of the Instagram messages you because you run that's the, true. So you I, get the messages you've got. We've, we've had a couple yeah. of, of Instagram messages, but there's a lot of people actually who who value the scullying and, that I've experienced mm-hmm. at least from messages from our podcast. But I think people are just so willing to believe anything that it almost disrupts their belief system when they start to hear about something being disproved. Um, And Mm -hmm. one of the things that really stands out to me as what frustrates me as someone who is, I mean, I I don't even know if I should call myself a paranormal investigator anymore because it's been such a long time since I've done it, but like Mm. have the mindset of one, right? Like is I look for the rationale. I don't just believe everything. And, like, that's how you kind of have to be going into it. And I remember when I was in New Orleans um, and I took a ghost tour where they literally planted stuff and, like, made yeah. their it, – it's it's for money. It's like they're they're trying to mm-hmm. create a fun commercial in, environment, but they're faking the hauntings. They literally took yeah. us to an outdoor public park outside with mm-hmm. bugs because it's New Orleans – told us to turn all our lights off and flashlights off and only take flash photos and look at all the orbs. And I was like, they're bugs. It's well, bugs. Of course there's going to be orbs. It's yeah. bugs. And like Terrence mm-hmm. had to keep elbowing me being like, you're ruining it for everyone. And I was like, no, but it's bugs. And I was like yeah. mad and yeah. like saying it out loud to the group. And we were, it was like a driving tour. And I could tell the tour guide lady was like, like looking at me like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> And it's just like, but this is what it is. And so I think there's both sides to the spectrum of it. It's not just people Mm -hmm. that get upset for scullying. It's I I get upset for just believing everything all the time. I think it's kind of a little bit of both. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh... <laughs> yes, it gets me into trouble. Um, I, it's not helped by the fact I have what uh, uh, has been affectionately deemed resting bitch voice. Um, <laughs> I, 
Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong, Gabby? Uh, why do you think I'm laughing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where where the tone of my voice sounds, I think, harsher than it is sometimes the intention behind it. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I honest to God, I swear 90% of the time I'm really not trying to be a dick. I just sound like I am. <laughs> 10% of the time, I absolutely am <coughs> trying to be a dick, and I own it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get I get some pushback. Uh, I think Bob's point where I personally find it so, more, so much more interesting when I really can't explain it because of how hardly and aggressively I scully. If I can't explain something, you know that's coming from the yeah. heart. And to me, that means more. From, from an investigator who really is trying hard to find the scientific or rational explanation, it means so much more when they point to evidence. 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 And, and say, I can't explain this one. I'm trying. It's not this. It's not this. I'm pretty sure it's not this. Uh, then it might be paranormal. I take that so much more to heart um, because I know... It's not that they don't believe, again, and I've said this before, it's not that I don't believe. I believe so hard, I want to have the evidence, and I don't want to just take what's being flung at me and somebody saying, look, there's a shadow, it's a ghost. And it's, it's there's two games we play, right? Mm-hmm. There's the part of me that will always believe in Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, because life is so much more fun if they are right. in it. And the part of me that's a kid who used to go on Bigfoot hunts and would use a Ouija board and 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 delighted in this stuff. Yes, that is fun. Uh, sometimes when I'm giving tours and I, I it's quite frequently I have people who want to share their own experiences, share their own stories. Fabulous. But they'll show me pictures and they want to know what I think. And when it's kids... I almost always try to keep it very broad of like, well, what do you think's happening in this? And well, I see this and this and it could be this, but it could also be that. I try to keep it a little bit more optimistic. And with some adults, I have to use a similar tactic. Uh, but there's times I'm like, which answer do you actually want? Do you want the diplomatic answer that's like, yeah, you're right. It could be a ghost. Do you want the actual paranormal investigator answer of what's going on in this picture? And some people are like, no, 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 I really want your opinion as to what's happening. I want it like, it's weird, but I don't understand, and I would love to know. And and I go through that, you know, well, I think light's reflecting here. You can see this here and this here. Uh, if you had more pictures, I could probably show you more concretely, but this is what I think is going on. And the people who are like, no, I want, I want you to tell me I have a ghost. <laughs> so again, I don't want to kill Joy all the time. <laughs> but... but- <laughs> If you're well, no. If you're asking a professional what they think, then I think it's also a disservice to not give an honest answer. And and there are times I try to be more diplomatic in my response, and times I don't. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's uh, if if all you want is is to say that you caught a picture of a ghost or Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or, or Mothman or whatever, then then delight in that and believe it and maybe don't ask professionals their opinion. <laughs> Unless you really want to know an answer, which could be either way. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I think people are just... I think people want to believe what they want to believe no matter what. Of course. And like that's and, why and it's you, tough. And like it's it's you almost have to tiptoe around it without having to offend anyone, but I feel like a lot of people are going to get offended but, easily. 
Well, and I guess that's my, don't ask me my opinion yeah. if you're going to be offended by my response. Ask your friend. Ask your sure, next door sure. neighbor. Ask your bestie who is going to, gonna like, it's it's like, I don't know, going to an accountant and asking them about a tax break. And then when the accountant says, I can't get it for you, being mad. Like, don't don't ask for a a professional's opinion of something if you are not prepared for the answer. If you just want validation, ask someone else. That's true. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's like somebody asking, do you think this haircut flatters me? Depending on who you're asking. Opinions. <laughs> like, opinions. Opinions. Yeah. Do you want, do you know, and, and you can also listen to what I say and think that I'm full of horse shit. That's fine. Plenty of people think I'm full of horse shit. Uh, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying or what I think or my opinion. But if you are asking for it, you're going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. And, and uh, don't be upset then if I don't agree. Yeah. Well, you don't have to then take but it. But I also but. think it's just a matter of people not realizing who they're talking to if they're asking you a question sometimes. Well, that too. Well, that's where I say, yeah. like, when, when I'm a tour guide, <clears throat> I, I'm gentler. And it's a different environment. Like, people are paying for that. Like, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It's different. And, and like, again, when I have kids showing me stuff, I try to do less of just, I try to not shoot it down. I try to do more of ask questions. Let's look at this and let's ask questions. Yeah. So... It could be a ghost. What else could it be? Let's talk about that. What are things we could do the next time you take a bunch of pictures that that could help answer some of these questions? I try to get them thinking. That's smart. Uh, and and I do that with adults too sometimes. But like, no, if you email me a picture and you want to know my opinion because you listen to the podcast, you're gonna get it. I'm gonna give you my opinion, which is fine. But we might yeah. we might make you a little unhappy. That's all. Um, <clears throat> Okay, there's more questions. So we want to get through these. So yes. Bob also asked, Bob uh, yeah, in a ghost, which is the ghost hunting group that we're all in, uh, we shy away from things like psychic investigators focusing more on equipment over feelings. Although we have had plenty of folks who lean that way personally, uh, what investigation techniques do you push away automatically is, yeah, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> really like that yeah no that's not uh, how this works i mean for me i'd say like spirit boxes spirit boxes to me are up there with ouija boards they're fun they're a good thing to do at a party they're for me i don't look at them as as being anything you can get genuine evidence from evidence. that you can evidence um it's not to say you shouldn't use them I, i'm a fan of throwing all that spaghetti at the wall but if that is your sole source of evidence, evidence, evidence. Uh, I am not going to find that personally compelling. I think it depends on how things are used. I think that's sure. how like my approach is. And I, I agree with you, Kim. I think it's um, I, there's a side of me that's very logical and yeah. rational. And there's a side of me mm-hmm. that is very like superstitious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you what? I got a little bit of both. I got both sides of the brain working. You do. Um, sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes. That's why we work well together. Um, Comes and It does. But I think, like, I also want to respect the people around me. Like, so, like, if sure. I'm in a group that's, like, I will absolutely never use a Ouija board because I believe in it so hard. And I'm, like, not going to push it. But also, I don't think you can. We've debunked Ouija boards. We did a whole episode. Yeah on Ouija boards and there's alternatives to the Ouija board that take the same concept but you don't have to touch like a PK board right. or something or like the, the so dousing rods are a good yeah. one too 
Yes. That's, I mean, that's a good example. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. You know, like uh, yes, no, exactly, exactly. There, there, there are alternatives to some of these that that are more uh, unbiased. Oh I no, guess, those are or, biased. Or, Sorry, I didn't know what you were saying. It, yeah, no, I was like, there, there are alternatives to a Ouija board specifically. The um, it's like a game spinner, and and you you have the alphabet around, and you ask the spirit to to move the spinner without touching it, as opposed. Without touching, yeah. oh, so okay. and and we've had and some people use uh, Scrabble tiles or, or, or letter tiles. I mean, like there there are plenty of alternatives available that are building on a similar idea as the Ouija board that are not biased. Uh, so, where again, I am a fan of the spaghetti approach. I think anything from like a Ouija board, there is no way to have results that aren't tainted. And, well, because uh, you have the influence of people touching it. And I think that that's exactly. like we talked about that in the Ouija episode of like how you subconsciously will move a board mm-hmm. or you have the Those friend micro movements or you have the friend or, just no. does it or you have a Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> and so like as a Kim, not like a small baby Scully Kim, not knowing that you have a Michaela, Michaela ing, mm-hmm. uh, you could think that it's real for sure. And so yeah, I think it absolutely. just depends on on your perspective. But I think ghost boxes, too, are, are like one of those where I've heard like genuine investigators, like really reliable. Some of them like sure. love it. Other people hate it. It's really an opinion thing, I feel like, too. One And again, as a piece of as another tool in your toolbox, as it were. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to them. I think they're fun. Um, I think they can get a good reaction. But if that is your only tool or that is your primary tool, then I think you need to investigate that. Um, Fair. That that and I. But I would say that about anything. We should never rely too heavily on any one way of gathering evidence. 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 Yeah, and like pictures. Uh, and I, I would say pictures. Just taking mm-hmm. one like exactly it's it's that same yeah. concept yeah um of mm-hmm. like that that would be a good technique that we hear a lot from people who don't know a lot about investigating is that you got to take multiple pictures mm-hmm. of the same area at the same time so that you can have just something. literally click click yeah. click 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 and click, like click. A, yeah. not just like a phone picture either like if you have actual mm-hmm. film it's usually more reliable i like to i do a combination of digital uh i have a film camera i also like to do polaroids yeah, polaroids are fun Polaroid. One, because Polaroids in that moment, they are so hard to manipulate because it's taking just boom, instantaneous. I love But you can't do Polaroids as quickly because it takes time in between each photo. It takes time. So those are a little harder to do the bam, 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 bam picture. But like I think at the same time, like if you just have one picture, it's that yeah, no, that's not how it works. That's that's kind of and it's it's I mean, it's the same like I, I bring I have my digital recorder for EVP sessions and I have a tape recorder for EVP sessions and I do them simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but I, I you know, and I had somebody recently on a tour who was really into asking me about like, how do I start doing this? And I was like, honestly, you got a cell phone put on airplane mode, do an EVP session, take pictures like you could do stuff just with your cell phone. Yeah. If you want to just dive in and and get a get a cheap EMF detector and like go nuts, you don't have to invest. Fa- like you can, and it's not to say some of that equipment isn't real sexy, but you can do this with just a couple basic tools to get a feel for it. Yeah, uh, but also I think to your point of like getting a cheap EMF, if you're going to use EMF, you need to know what your surroundings are. 
because like yeah. oh well that's part right of it. but i think for yeah, like absolutely. something that i've at least heard from people that don't know is like you don't you can't be in an area where there's like a lot of mechanical stuff or like when you get electricity right? in the walls yeah. that you don't if you don't know what's in the walls around you and you just have an emf and you think it's going off and it's a ghost it probably isn't it's probably some form of like internet or like your phone could be setting it off like well that's why you want to airplane mode right, anytime right, right, right. You're, i'm yeah. just saying like for people who don't know that's a yeah no that's sure. not how this works kind of situation one and I also think, I mean, again, that's why you get baseline readings of right. stuff. Um, but like, we were in an old house. It was my my the uh, my grandparents' old house that my family now owns because uh, my grandparents have passed. And um, the wiring in that place is old. So like, getting the baseline readings of just what the what it's like, what the EMF fields are in those rooms, which were already on the high side because of how the the wiring was, and also knowing what that can do, how that impacts people, because high EMFs can also make people real jittery and real weird. Yeah. Um, but then when we were getting weird spikes that were way above our baselines, that meant something. That was interesting. We also figured out in one room that like the wiring is one step away from basically imploding. And I got to call my mom and be like, hey, you and dad need to come out here and take a look at this because the house might burn down. <laughs> um, that's telling. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> you never know what you'll find out when you go ghost hunting. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest stuff sometimes. Or again, sometimes what you find out is that like your wiring needs attention. And it's not a ghost, but you just have bad wiring. <laughs> But you just have bad wiring. We had, there was other weird stuff sure. that happened. But, like, no, there was a lot of things that I was like, oh, no, the wiring in this house is ancient and dangerous. <laughs> we had, there was one room we were like, nobody turn this light on. <laughs> that's what we discovered. That's not good. <laughs> um, there was also a question from Bob of, are there true crime or paranormal YouTube channels you particularly like? I just will say I do not pay attention to YouTube. So I'm going to say pass for me on that one. I, yeah, I'm kind of similar. I don't I don't generally when I'm researching, I will sometimes uh, there's a couple I'll go to to get a baseline of info. Um, the is it Gawker or one of them has those two dudes that sometimes I'll look at their stuff just to start get a bit. I can't remember if it's I don't know. Buzzfeed. It might be. Bu oh, I think it's Buzzfeed. There's like two dudes that have a YouTube thing. Yeah, I don't watch. I know who you're talking about. I don't watch about. it religiously. It's more entertaining than and, anything. It's entertaining, but if I'm first starting on a case, I will sometimes look there and look at their sources and go from there. That's smart. Uh, I do occasionally enjoy the lady who talks about, like, serial killers while putting on makeup, just because I find that funny. Um, um, do you know who I'm Bailey talking about? Bailey Sarian? Yeah. Yes, I know who she is. Uh, but I, 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 it's more like if I'm randomly scrolling through, I don't know, Instagram or TikTok, I guess, which I... Do you know how many people have told me to do that? Like coming from a background of makeup <laughs> and what we talk about on the podcast, we're like, you should do that. And I'm like, no, someone's already do why why do I need to do it too? No. And like my question is, how do you read your notes while you're putting makeup on? Like that's that's what I'm always wondering. Does she have like a prompter or has she just got the memory of the I also person. would be horrible at that because I have the memory of a goldfish. So that's you. You, you do. That's true. it's very bad. Um, but anyhow, I'm going to ask this one because it's more, I think, directed to you. Um, okay. Andrea 
Bergecker. I'm probably mispronouncing your name. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> she said, when you were doing ghost tours, which spot felt the most scary and uncomfortable as soon as you set foot in it? Uh, ghost tours specifically. See, that's hard because at this point, the routes I take for Spooked and, and the underground sections that we were were because a lot of these sections since the pandemic we no longer have access to uh going into you get kind of so used to it um i did one time in spook section of the underground get like bear hugged <laughs> by the spirit down there which i really resented i was in the middle of telling a story and i was like bro keep your hands to yourself this is inappropriate um I will say the our old space, and we've lost the space. We don't have it anymore. But our old Cherry Street space, there was a back room that I did find. I don't know what it was. There was, I mean, there was a spirit back there. But like, I always got a little uncomfortable going back there by myself. It, it always raised. Was it the one that had the electrical stuff? Um, it was where like the kitchen was. Yes. Yeah, I always got mildly uncomfortable back there, like hairs standing up kind of thing. And we didn't go there as part of our tour very often. We would, when we were doing our public ghost hunts, mm -hmm. we would go in there. Uh, under the JNM, I will say there was a small handful of times. There, there was a series of like upper lights that were supposed to stay plugged in, kind of like ghost lights, I guess. Uh, not ghost lights, but the theater term ghost light, you know, a light being illuminated. Um, and every so often they'd get unplugged. So stumbling around in the underground of the J&M, <laughs> trying to get the light. And the, the, you had to go like way in the back to plug the lights in uh, with only my cell phone light. That was a little uncomfortable, but I think that had more to do with the amount of rats down there than anything <laughs> else. Um, that's fair but yeah I, I, do, I don't tend to get I, it's weird when you hang out in some of these haunted places enough they almost feel normal they're kind of comforting yeah. well they're normal and and it, you 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 know the spirits they know you so I will say the the spots that I regularly go to for spooked don't tend to give me the willies well let me rephrase this a little bit because of your point of going there so frequently maybe like the first time you ever went honestly i can't remember i can't remember ever feeling particularly bothered uh by any of the spots um i mean again sometimes like being alone at spooked when we were closing up uh, every so often it's just that I'm alone or Mark was in the back room or in the bathroom or something so you were really and it's this big underground space where you're like oh it's cold and kind of creepy down here yeah I, I had a feeling in the bathroom there once oh yeah the bathroom the bathroom has a lot of stuff happened in it uh, but yeah none, I guess I think maybe for me too is that I never really felt like there were any malicious spirits sure in any of these places like even mr hansy in the underground underground like he's a creep but he's not evil he's just a dick uh and those are two different things that's fair yeah mm -hmm. all right well i don't do tours so that was a question just for kim um yeah, yep you. this one i feel like I don't know if we kind of already answered this so let's explore this i don't want to be redundant but um yeah. this was 
Andrea's second question was, which haunted place do you think is just all hype and not really haunted based on solid evidence? Not people having feelings, mass hysteria for ratings, or claiming to have been touched and bad acting as evidence. Evidence. Mm -hmm. And I know Bob kind of asked a similar question, too, saying, how Mm -hmm. does this type of hype and reports affect the paranormal community? So we can kind of answer that all together, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we've kind Mm -hmm. of addressed it a little bit. What I will say, because there are places, hmm, there's places I think that fall under this, and I think Winchester uh, Mystery House can be one of them. It's not that I don't think some of these places are haunted. Mm -hmm. It's that I think the hauntings are different than what people think they are. Think. Yeah. Uh, And and there was an investigation at, what was it, like the Cancer Society or something, where it was a similar case of like, it's not that I didn't think the building was haunted, because there were some weird readings, and there were some weird things we experienced there, but there was also explanations for some of what the staff was experiencing. Mm. So you get this combination of... Um, it's almost like watching too many paranormal shows or too many haunted house movies, where you think that... Like, I guess... It's it's rare where I see a haunting that's so aggressive it's happening every day. Yeah. Well, because you know hauntings mean? don't happen like that usually. No, but if if you're watching lots of haunted house movies or watching like ghost adventures, then then your perspective is skewed. Yeah. Uh, and so, like the Walker Ames house, that place is super active. I don't think I've ever been in there when I haven't experienced something. Mm-hmm. Even, but even if it's just a feeling. But, uh, no, I, I think it's less that, I, I mean, there's a handful of times I was investigating private residences and it's been pipes, it's been, uh, rodents one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I don't want to be more specific than private residences cause they are private residences, yeah, but that, that, that does happen, uh, quite frequently. But yeah, I, I think it's not necessarily that there isn't a haunting. It's that the haunting is not to the level people think. Or it could also be that it's not who people think it is. Because we've talked about that before of like, yeah, there could be something hanging oh, around, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not the ghost that everyone says is haunting the place. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think like Bullskin, Bullskin House, Bullskin House mm-hmm, that I covered mm-hmm. recently is a good example of that. That like, there's a lot of history in that space, but everybody sure. thinks it's Aleister Crowley. Like, you're right. No. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or like the fact a- that. Empress Hotel with the architect yeah. and, and well, even the brown lady it's of any, um, Random Hall. Yeah. Any of the mm-hmm. stories that have perpetuated through word of mouth, like it's mm-hmm. easy to believe that kind of stuff but i think it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean a place is not haunted i think that that and i don't think we can even say a place is a hundred percent not haunted like that's i feel like that's making an assumption that we can't back because we haven't ourselves been there or investigated or gone multiple times you know what i mean like to make that kind of assumption is is too broad and i don't want to say that a place is not haunted but i don't think that hype always is the same as what is actually happening so i think that's probably a better way to approach it but uh how that reports or how reports like that affect the paranormal community i think it really tells you how people investigate and how like legitimate they are in the way that they respond to things yeah yeah absolutely um all right, cool. Okay, what do we got next? We have, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. <laughs> I, that's fine. Man-Made Monster there is we go. asking us, are there any episodes you would like to revisit or do again? Ah, 
There's one I really want to do that I covered on a ghost stories that we haven't done in oh, yeah. Ghoulish well, Tendencies, and I just haven't that. done it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the Undertaker of Seattle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kells. Uh, I really yeah. want to cover um, all that jazz, but I don't want to get... too, you've talked about. Yeah, that would be a fun one. I feel like those mm-hmm. Seattle ones that are kind of well-known for Seattle, yeah. for Seattle people are fun, but we did so much Seattle stuff for A Ghost Stories that when we started Ghoulish, we were like, let's do everything else that's not Seattle. Yeah, so, though I still do a fair number of Pacific Northwest we do. There's still some, yeah. but I feel like the like really like solid, well-known ones that we always wanted to do in Seattle, we've avoided because of that. Yeah, but we've talked about... I know you've talked about wanting, especially Butterworth, you've wanted to do I really again. want to do Butterworth, yeah. So that, I feel like probably that's a pop up in the next year or so. Uh, I will say, I think I've mentioned this once or twice, like Jake Bird, mm-hmm. uh, which was an early episode. It was one it of was. our first 10, I think. Um, and I have been continuing my research there because my intention is to write a, a book about it. Can't uh, wait for that. Yeah, and and I found a, a whole lot of new stuff. I've I've um, spoken to some relatives of like some of his victims. Uh, like at this point, they're like you know great great grand whatever because sure. it happened so long ago. Right. But I've been getting some good stories. I've had some people who've been willing to talk to me, uh, which is lovely. Uh, and it's that disconnect, right? Like none of them were alive when any of this was happening. So like, yeah, this is a story that I remember hearing from my grandmother about blah blah blah. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would very much like to revisit that. I, I think his case is really interesting, and it's another one, and it's a local one. I mean, local kind of. He ended up in Tacoma, but he was all around the country. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think for me that would be a, a one I will at some point maybe want to revisit. Nice, Lisa. Lisa's got a lot of them. Lisa's Lisa. got some good questions. Uh, what's the first true crime story that fascinated you, and how old were you? Hmm. I mean, uh, the that Ouija board with Victor. That was uh, <laughs> that was probably not what she's meaning. Um, not a true was, crime, just a fake crime. Not a true crime. <laughs> like I, I leaned really cryptic, heavily heavy when I was younger. But uh, a friend of mine, it was Justin. It was my friend Justin, who I also used to Ouija board with. When we were in like seventh grade or something, he gave me a book on one of those Time Life serial killer books, and and that sparked something. Honestly, unsolved mysteries. That's what yeah. really I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries as a little kid and it scared the ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily one specific case. It was just this idea of all of these unknown cases and and mysteries and murders that I found really really interesting. What about you? I think I was a later bloomer when it came to true crime than you were. Um, but I think what really hooked me and got me involved in wanting to know more and learn more was in my adult years, um, Mm -hmm. with the Golden State Killer. And, Mm. um... Oh, so that's very recent. Well, I mean... Well, Are you looking at when he was... was Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Um, not, like, the case when he was convicted, but, like, prior to that, um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I read, like, right when it came out, um, and I had heard about... The Golden State Killer previously, I didn't know mm-hmm. as much detail about it, but I really was fascinated in the approach of the book and how it was written and the story behind um, 
what happened to her and how she was married to Patton Oswalt. I was just like, this is wild. Like the connections are nuts. And I had no idea about the amount of people that get involved in unsolved cases Mm -hmm. and then started to dig into that. And it just kind of like opened up a wormhole for me, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. And I loved it. It was just like, I was so fascinated by the approach of using modern technology and finding and resolving cases from decades ago. Um, And the fact that non-investigators are the ones that were helping to navigate that. Like that, that to me was like, incredible and so i got really into all the facts of the golden state killer that was one of the topics that like i always would love to cover but in the same vein of ted bundy like it's been done so much and i don't know what i would contribute yeah. to there's, it and there's I also, not much left to. i, I also want to make sure i i think when we cover things i, I want to make sure i do my due diligence and i don't yeah. want to half-ass it and like yeah. that's such a recent one too that so yeah. many people have covered that like how can we make it different or you know, unique, but that, that one really fascinated me and it was more recent. It, it's something mm-hmm. that in the last like decade, you know, got my, my wheels turning. Got your wheels turning. <laughs> oh gosh. This question is very funny, Lisa. Thank you for this one. Um, if either of you turned into a serial killer, what would that <laughs> <MLB>? be? <laughs> I think Kim's I'm going to, pre- we should predict each other's MOs. <laughs> That would be even funnier. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Okay. So Kim's MO would just be an onion peeler. That's that's probably true. And um, it would be a really shredded dick. Uh, That's what it would be. It would be an onion peeler. I'm not sure if I like some of the connotations behind this for my personality. (laughs) Um, I had to. It was just a bad joke. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's, I will that's say mine. Lisa's suggestion for me. Uh, Lisa is a friend of mine from elementary school who is a, a avid listener of the podcast. So hi, Lisa. <laughs> um, her suggestion was, would you stab drunk Santas with a candy cane? And I liked that. I, I, I hate SantaCon. If anyone's like, what's that mean? Uh, as a tour guide in Pioneer Square, anytime SantaCon's going on, which is where it's like a 12-hour long Santa pub crawl. Where <laughs> peop- and by the time they hit Pioneer Square and I'm doing tours on Saturdays, they are drunk, disorderly, and I, I, I've had a lot of unpleasant experiences with drunk Santas. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I feel like it would probably involve taking out people who do Santa <laughs> Uh, I feel like you would like try to pun people to death. Like you'd be like the Riddler in in the old Batman, like but with really bad puns. But with really bad puns, just like assaulting people with really bad puns till they keel over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Okay, that's a good one. That's I good like one. that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite X Files episode, and why? Mine is How the Ghost Stole Christmas, which is great because it's Christmassy time right now. And um, it has Lily Tomlin. Hello. Ah. Lily Tomlin's in it. She plays the the lady ghost. Um, And it's about uh, Scully and Mulder are spending Christmas together locked in this old haunted house. And they're haunted by these two ghosts that were a married couple and it like is this psychological thriller vibe of oh my god are they the ghosts and then the ghosts possess them and it's crazy but it's like a, a x-files take on um 
the Christmas Carol kind Christmas of. Carol. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. With with um more of like weird spooky shit. Um, sure. But I also uh, I always love the funny episodes too. Those are always yeah. really good. What uh, about you? Uh, well, and again, I, I feel like I'm gonna like crush some cred by saying I, I I'm actually not the biggest X Files fan. It's mostly I me. never have been. That's that's all <laughs> I me. watched the show when it was first on and I really loved it when it was first on for the first couple seasons, but when it went all like conspiracy and alien, I lost interest because I don't there's a reason why Gabby has covered all the alien episodes. They're not it's not I like it's not that I don't find it interesting, but it's not really my cup of tea. Uh and so when it kind of switched over to doing that, which was, I don't know what, around season. I mean, it's always had five. an undertone of it, but it's not but, always been but revolving it went, around they, it. Part of what my original, my original attraction to X-Files, in fact, my, my favorite episode is the one with the weird, creepy liver eater dude. Uh, nice. Do you remember? Yeah, and that, but that was pretty early. The where, early was, seasons are the best ones. I loved the early seasons yeah. when it was cryptids. And it, there was the episode in the Pacific Northwest with the, like the, I don't know, fireflies or something. I, I liked I liked all of the early episodes that were like weird monsters, cryptids. There's a lot really, of them. Yeah. yeah. But when it started to shift into more alien and conspiracy, I lost interest. So That's fair. I think I watched pretty religiously up to season four or five and then kind of fell off. And you know uh, what? The Christmas one is season six. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it, it was a, uh, a more recent one, but I, I think I remember it so much because of Lily Tomlin. Oh, sure. Um, well, but, they got great yeah. guest stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I've tried to pick it up a couple times to go back and rewatch. But again, I, I usually get through about the first season and then I'm OK. So. I respect the X-Files. I respect Gabby's love of the X-Files, <laughs> the, the the Mulder Scully dynamic, but I am I am un, unfortunately not the, not a hardcore fan. That's okay. That's but that's I, fine. I, I appreciate the show and again, yeah. I, I loved it when I was younger for a couple seasons. For sure. And I blame my stepdad for my love for this, so it's his fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we also have some questions from Norma Douthit. Oh, Norma uh, I, I feel like we already answered this one, so I think we should skip it. But she did ask, how do you choose your next podcast episode? We already kind of talked about how we... Kim has a giant notebook. <laughs> and we talk about it. We figure it out. Uh, she also asked, are you related to any serial killers? I like that she's asking this. As about... Norma, for those of you who aren't sure, is my mother. <laughs> If anyone was unclear of that relationship when we talk about Norma Douthit, Norma Douthit is my mother. <laughs> so she should know the answer to that question for I feel you. like she's trying to say something with that question. <laughs> is she trying to Norma, tell us something? <laughs> what are you trying to tell us? Uh, well, I'll let you go first. Are you related to any serial killers? Not to my knowledge, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, what about I you? Will, I will say, having grown up in the Pacific Northwest, we play six degrees to a serial killer here. So as far as I know, I'm not related to a serial killer. However, I do have a number of connections to serial killers, especially Ooh. local ones. Uh, we have a family friend who went to school with Ted Bundy. Um, I uh, My cousins live behind the Green River Killer. Uh, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, when I was in high school, I had a bunch of my girlfriend's moms who went to like University of Washington who were like, yeah, they went on a date with Bundy or they were supposed to go on a date with Ted Bundy. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, you grow up in, I think around here where we've had a couple really notorious ones, then yes, you probably have some kind of connection to, to somebody, but no, as far as I know, I'm not related, although now I need to have a phone conversation with my mother. 
<laughs> Love yeah. how these questions really open things up for us. Mm-hmm. Um, have you communicated with relatives of serial killers? I'm going to add, have you communicated with serial killers to that Listen. question? Listen. <laughs> uh, y- yes to both. Ooh. Um, I, I do have my letter from BTK that's bonkers. At some point, I'll cover BTK. That's that's one that again. That's one where I'm just like, it's it's still pretty recent, and I even though I I have some info from him that he gave me, I feel a little bit. Oh, that's so wild. Um, I I've spoken to a few relatives. Uh, I I mean, uh, when I'm really researching something, some of the older cases i'll sometimes reach out to descendants too to see if they have anything uh i have a few people i'm currently speaking to in doing some research but i don't really want to say more than that yet because we haven't done it yet that's fine we haven't done it yeah but um (coughs) yeah yeah, yes to both let's put it that way yes to both uh i do my due diligence (laughs) i'm gonna stick with my same answer of not to my knowledge but probably Not intentionally. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. There we go. Unless there I did go. and I forgot, which is also possible. That is true. Um, <laughs> Amy has some great questions for us. So we're getting to the fun part of this. We're we getting to the fun. How long this is. So like, if you're still with us, thanks for uh, sticking through. Um, we <laughs> saved the best for last because Amy wants to know, is Kim single? JK. <laughs> Amy should know the answer to that. But I love that she had to ask so that we would talk about it. There's an application process. It's uh, long and in-depth, and few get to the end. You have to actually write a letter to BTK and ask him. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the things. It's, 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 like, it's like a list of tasks on top of it. Right? It's a scavenger hunt for Kim's partnership. <laughs> Anyone who can find Kim's cold, dead heart. <laughs> you win it. You will you breathe. Win it. You will have to <laughs> dig her up, take it out, burn it, put it in a, 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 a concoction, then drink it, and then you can fall in love and with then, And then maybe. And then maybe you won't be a vampire or have consumption, but you oh. will have Kim's love. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated question. Let's just put it that way. Well, if we haven't made that clear by now. Kim's a complicated person. <laughs> but thank you for asking, Amy. Thank what a you good for friend. Asking, Amy. Mm. <laughs> okay, real question. I'm so, I'm just asking all the questions at this point. Yeah, what fine. has been your favorite topic to research this year? Oh, that's, that's a, a really good, good question. question. This year too. I like that specifically yeah, this year. Now I gotta look. Uh I will say, um, the Lady of the Dunes update episode. Uh, on the deaths of of Manzanita and Dolores Mearns, um, that is that was one of uh, oh, and that can kind of fall under the like I was not expecting this. Oh yeah, that's kind of the ultimate. I was not expecting this because I was originally just going to do a short little blurb that we either said at the beginning of our next episode or was its own independent like five minute thing. Mm-hmm. Once they identified the Lady of the Dunes, um, Ruth Marie Terry, because it was a huge deal when it happened. Mm-hmm. But then when I started researching it, and it led to a whole other series of murders that the guy who probably allegedly, 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 allegedly killed her, because he he's passed, and so you know, I have to say allegedly, but 
had had allegedly killed a bunch of a couple other women. So um, that was one of those like, I think I even remember I, I messaged you or something and I was like, this is going to be an episode. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be an add on. Then we made it a yeah. whole episode. It And 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 that was just wild. That whole case was wild. So that I got to say, as much as I've enjoyed a lot of the things I've researched this year, um, that might be the one that I was just like, what? Yeah, very. I mean, I could see that for sure, especially mm-hmm. when it's recent. It's new. The 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 detail the, yeah. the identification uh, words are hard identification of the body is so new yeah, yeah no absolutely absolutely what about you honestly I had I couldn't really just pick one I feel like mm. there were a couple mm-hmm. I had a really good time researching the origin of the vampire mm. because I read I read so many books for it but also mm-hmm. like it just was one where I didn't know a lot of it and it made a lot of sense and then we got to talk about <laughs> metal people. With rabies, and it was very fun. Uh, but I, I also was really fascinated by the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction. That's right. Because I've yeah. always known about it, but I've mm-hmm. never done like a deep dive research. And when we got into like the the psychological aspect of it and the like hidden memories and mm-hmm. how it could be explained. That was so fascinating to read about and to learn mm-hmm. about because I had mm-hmm. no idea about that. And like one of my favorite things whenever we're researching something is learning something new that we didn't mm-hmm. know already. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and not necessarily just about the case, but about like life, you know, like or like science mm-hmm. or something. Um, I think like one in general that I thought was really fascinating, which actually came up in one of your recent episodes was in the Dietlov Pass episode with mm. and with and with Kenny Kenny Veach this mm-hmm. came up with also with mm-hmm. the sound the sound yeah. impact on people mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that was also a fascinating one for mm-hmm. me which that wasn't really this year but you're you covered him or uh, Kenny Veach I'll also say I I love the movie curses ones oh yeah those are so fun I I have I, I and it feels weird to say fun since some of them do get into kind of some heavy topics but I just really enjoy uh well, partially too, because my love of of film, I, I kind of love being able to group that element into everything, and a chance to talk a little bit about uh, the the whole idea of uh, curses too, which is just bonkers. So, I, I just always enjoy when it's time, like, oh, you know what we haven't done in a while, a curse episode. Those are very fun. I feel like those mm-hmm. are a, a, a fan favorite as well. We hear that from our listeners a lot. I, I get a lot of requests for yeah. for more of those. Yeah. How long does it take to for you to memorize all those lines? J.K. Amy asks. <laughs> we don't. That's the answer. Although we we do have very different ways of uh, note taking. How how we do our notes? Yeah. yeah. So that is kind of interesting. It is, but I feel like maybe that's not that's not the question though. No. Uh, can she meet us at a convention? Amy, you've met both of us. <laughs> Amy, Amy is a dear friend of mine. Um, well, but I, th- I think she's generally asking like for other um, people. Yes, I will say. Well, we did the Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest mm-hmm. like what a year plus ago at this point. Twenty twenty two was it? Tw- I think it was twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, you can always see me at Crypticon. I'm always doing panels, and I tend to do a couple true crime presentations. Uh, although I'll, my yeah, and I'll generally I, come. 
you'll you'll yes you'll you'll yeah. come to 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 hang and 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 meet the people. I think last year you didn't because you were traveling. Yeah, I couldn't last year because of probably baby showers for my friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't have any immediate plans to do any other conventions, although it is something that we are kind of like lightly looking at. Uh, but would we uh, call that lightly moldering? <laughs> light, lightly moldering. Uh, more just like I don't know. I enjoyed Pacific Northwest True Crime oh, yeah. Fest. I always love paneling at Crypticon. Um, and I know for myself, I wouldn't mind doing doing a couple more because yeah. it's fun and it's fun to meet people. And for sure, yeah. Uh, what type of software do we use to edit? Uh, That's I all use, you. I use GarageBand like a <laughs> noob. Um, but we've been looking into other platforms and that will be actually switched up this year. So Oh, that's TBD. right. We're gonna be you're gonna be seeing a little bit of difference in the editing <clears throat> process come twenty twenty four. Yes, we are evolving. We are um, evolving. Also, I don't I think you meant to or meant to write out is Gabby's dog or Kim's cat superior? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's fair for either of us to answer that question. <laughs> they are different animals. They are very different animals. Uh, Both needy and wanting food. In their own way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Michaela, who ruined that is, the... That is the Michaela. Yes. Uh, of, of the of the Ouija board experience. <laughs> Ouija board Michaela. <laughs> I love that her question is, what actually scares you? <laughs> Which to me implies that she did not scare you with the Ouija board. <laughs> uh, children. No. Um. <laughs> what actually scares me? Um, a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know if I could simplify it down to... Just one thing, and that's a very intimate question, Michaela. Um, I don't know, man. I don't like the way our world is functioning right now. Uh, nuclear war scares me. Uh, people not being human and like just killing people scares me. Um, but that's a rabbit hole I don't want to necessarily go down. Um, I also would love to be able to afford things in life. So like the fact that we can't afford shit is scary. <laughs> like, I don't know what my future is going to look like because of it. So that kind of stuff. I just sound like such an adult talking about all the things that scare me right now. Um, it's not There's like, like the like funny <laughs> version of what scares you. And then the like the real. real. That was yeah. a real. That was a real version mm-hmm. of what scares me. It's I'm not going to say it's vampires because that would just be fun. And I'd be like, hey, can we become friends? Um, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be like. Like what you would expect but yeah anyway i don't know kim what scares you <laughs> uh i mean i think similar like and on the on the more global scale like people people scare me mm-hmm. people and and um the way they respond to things and 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 what people are capable of doing uh on a i don't know even if this is a more fun answer um is in terms of like film horror films uh, I tend to not get scared by those because I know the formula too well. But ones that will still have the potential to unsettle me are um, home invasion things. Like, I like living in an apartment on the ninth floor where, unless you're Spider-Man, you're not getting in my window. <laughs> and there's one way in or out. I've always been a little anxious about somebody breaking into the house. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I guess that's the, like, more serious, like, what scares you? Yeah, home invasion stuff. Spiders. I like spiders. They're cool, but they also... Oh, I know what other... What else scares you? What scares... Oh, what? Nails and toes. 
That doesn't scare me. I just find it icky. Okay. That's just like, blech. Okay. Because there, there's, a, again, there, there's like, <coughs> I'm not going to, I mean, yes, like nails popping off. I'm always like, Ugh. Ugh. but that's not as, <coughs> that's just a gross. That's not a scared. It's just, it's just gross. Breaking bones and something too. I'm always just blech. like, Ugh. uh, but that doesn't really scare me. I just that's find it fair. icky. And I don't like the sound. The sound is like, that's the technical thing. Um, I love that Michaela also wants to know if we're going to murder someone, how would you do it? Why are multiple people asking us what our MOs are going to be? <laughs> you want me to give out all my secrets? <laughs> we always joke, though, that if like anyone were to ever come and look at our like search history. <laughs> oh, I'm on some kind of list somewhere. I know it. I know it. There's no way I'm not. Like, I have too many pictures of dead bodies on my computer. You said it, not me. <laughs> no, I mean, well, because I do the PowerPoints, and so I have a lot of crime scene photos on my computer. So we know how you're going to do it. That's and all. I've requested a fair number of, like, FBI files. That's really funny. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like I don't want to give that away. Do you know what I <laughs> more ammunition for them to find out. <laughs> How would All I do right. it? Carefully. Carefully, Michaela. Very carefully. Attention to detail. We'll just say well, that. Well, again, I will say, like, it's kind of a goofy question, but I almost feel like if I try to answer it, it's going to go too serious, and I don't really want that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you seriously want me to sit here and break down? Well, Michaela, what are you trying to do by asking us these questions? <laughs> this is my question for Michaela. Um, I will say, so this last question is from Kim that I added to ask you. Oh, how fun. Uh, and, and kind of building <clears throat> off some of the things we said earlier, which is you were, you have always been the molder to my Scully, but your, your molder has become more Scully-ish. Um, how has your molder evolved and how do you feel about how it's changed? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, I think molder will always be alive and well. Uh, just because it's fun to have a molder mm -hmm. around, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that molder can't scully. Um, and I think that I have learned how to see a perspective outside of myself and my thought process mm -hmm. to explore alternate options I might not have thought to explore in the past mm -hmm. and have more of an open mind. Okay. Um, so like, I appreciate you for that, but I also think it just allows me to like give more value to Mulder in certain capacities because if mm -hmm. Scully can't, to your point, if Scully can't Scully, then Mulder, Mulder wins this one, you know? So I think it's, it's just, um, a matter of being a better or not better, a more, um, thoughtful researcher. Mm -hmm. with more uh, valuable resources mm -hmm. that can be referenced to provide support to a theory. Like, I think it's it, instead of, and it's almost thinking of it as a more scientific approach as opposed to just like a thoughtless, whimsical. well, I heard this. Yeah, whimsical, <laughs> not thoughtless. That's a bad term. I, I don't want to make it sound negative. It's, no, it's, of course, it's yeah. still mm -hmm. positive. It's just a matter of, being more of a critical thinker than not, I guess. And yeah, yeah, that's that's being able to have more of an openness to learn more and not mm -hmm. be so finite with thought processes, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I answer. yeah, I think it's it's helped me have a wider perspective. Okay. Yeah, nice. I appreciate it. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's also helped guide me in choices for topics because mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like um 
things become more interesting when you can see both perspectives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's evolved significantly, um, which also makes me question how X-Files could have happened for that many seasons without Mulder evolving. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy writing. What? Or men. <laughs> or men. men. <laughs> Or both, or, or both. male writers. Uh, that's probably the, that's that's probably the more. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, th- thank you for that question. That was a good question. Yeah. I don't think I have any for you because I feel like I know the answers to all of your questions. Um, but like, thank you guys for all of your questions. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we're going to skip our creepy critics corner this time around. Spooky agrees. Um, <laughs> and Although I, I will be posting my top 10 movies of the year and my top 10 uh, horror films of the year, two separate lists. Uh, sooner rather than later, we're, we're City of Geek is going to be recording our top 10 overall movies and I'll be posting my top horror before that. So be on the lookout if you care. Awesome. And we'll talk about pick up our creepy critics corner on our next episode. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners who provided us with questions. Mm -hmm. And we hope this was insightful for you and you learned something new. And, you know, if you ever have a question, (laughs) feel free to reach out on the social meds and we're happy to answer. That is true. Uh, I know I've had a couple questions that have been coming in since we kind of cut off questions because it was getting a little too long. And I'm planning on making a little series of videos to post to our social media. Yes, good idea. With any question... Uh, beyond this, you could even be, you know, your thoughts on pickles. So uh, <laughs> no question is too silly or too weird. Uh, so we're going to keep this trend rolling. Yeah. So thanks for the questions uh-huh. and uh, happy new year. Happy having, new year. Having said that, thanks for listening and stay, stay spooky. spooky.